Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Trust me, we are we are laser-focused on Comcast. We, we get it. Uh, 100% understand how important that is to our fans. And um, while we feel really great about uh, the network and Molly appreciate the plug for it. Uh, also appreciated David Ross's plug for it, given he was laid up and otherwise wouldn't see it. Um, you know, really, we, we really won't call it a success until we've got Comcast done and, and, and are really serving the whole market. We get the wow deal done, which is number four, and we obviously have AT&T and DirecTV, which is number two in the market. And, and you know, it does validate the, the, the terms that we're offering, you know, and, and at least in our minds, are fair and reasonable. Everyone seems to be uh, feeling like that's a that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good offer, and so you know y- you are starting to get to the point where you know I'm not sure what Comcast is waiting for, but you know obviously keep keep working on it and look forward to getting them up before opening day of the regular season for sure. What do you think are Mitch's strengths as a quarterback? Yeah, I, I think um, you know he's he's accurate, he's athletic, um, he can process um, his work ethic. Uh, how he is as a teammate, those are all things coming to mind. Our goal for the season is to make the playoffs. And every day to prepare like we're a playoff team. Every day to work like we're a playoff-bound team. And I'm excited for that. Devin Booker advances, and that's going to do it. As the Chicago Bulls have suffered now their eighth straight loss as the Suns come into Chicago as the Bulls blow a 17-point lead and the Suns in the second game of the back-to-back fall to the Bulls here at the United Center. And that's going to do it. Phoenix wins it 112-104. I'm not worried about my personal record or my win-loss record. I've been asked to establish a style of play, to have a disciplined approach, and develop a young group of guys. And in my opinion, we are doing that. Nobody in this organization said to me, you got to win this many games. Nobody said to me, hey, we, we're, we're going to talk about wins and losses all year. Not one time have they said that to me. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, do you want to come back? And it was an emphatic no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny. 
Because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows. And I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Bake and bake. Come on. Welcome in. It is Saturday suckage like it ought to be. The Wake and Bake Club founders are here for you. That there is Mark Grody sitting in for Matt Spiegel, who is sitting in for Mike Esposito, who is sitting in for Mark Grody. It Dude, couldn't change the opening today for us. Talk to Zach. He's he's our producer. And, he sucks, yeah. so that's uh, kind of where you are in this whole thing. It's perfect. I'd like to think, just like every single Cubs or Sox player that is bruised up, you and I enter this day ahead of schedule. That is the way I look at it, and I actually would like to start off with a text message because it's really funny, Okay, like legit funny from the 312. At first I thought like it was serious and I, I looked a little bit more closely. Uh, this just breaking, guys. The Cubs have a meeting set for Monday with Comcast between the hours of 11 and 3.30. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so um, coming in, you heard Crane Kenny, um, Cubs vice president in charge of not getting the right cable deals. You heard uh, Ryan Pace, the Bears executive VP in charge of being lying, of lying or being stupid. And you heard Jim Boylan, just the biggest goof on the basketball court. So there is Saturday suckage personified, and we will get to all of them. You heard them all coming into the show. Our guest today, David Schuster, again, suckage Personified. Nothing changes here. around here. He'll I like here. it. That's right. He'll be here at noon. We'll see if he's got a movie review. JK, JJ <laughs> Stankovitz, he covers the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. So we'll let you and him compare notes at from the uh, from the Combine and rumors and what people said and what you saw and all, all that kinds of stuff. And uh, we'll take you up to 2 o'clock today where the Happenings will be here to sing their, to sing their um, 19, 1966 song, See you in September. The happenings? 
Yes, nineteen sixty-six, sixties group. Yeah, they'll be here. We're we're taking we're the lead in for that. We're the pregame show for the happenings. That's awesome. And See it, you in September. I like it. I like it. Um, one of the things that I think the we did a show the last time you and I did a show together was on New Year's Day. Was it was it? it was the greatest wake and bake show ever necessary. Yes, because, because that was the day recreational pot became legal in Illinois. Yes, from what I understand, there are still lines at the dispensary. So, you know, there's no reason to go there as of yet. But at that day, at that time, my New Year's resolution was to to um, refer to myself in the third person more throughout this year. I'd also How's that going for Mark Grody? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes today. I don't really think I've pulled the trigger on it enough so far. You but just got, missed a chance. You I don't know. think Mark Grody has pulled the trigger I'm enough I'm not going to do it, it when it's obvious, Steve Rosenblum. I'm going to slide it in when you least expect it. When but you... Steve Rosenblum would do it when it's obvious. Because <laughs> there's, right. there's nothing that's too obvious that Steve Rosenblum wouldn't hit over the head again. That's, that's true. That's, that's your thing. There's that. And then I'd also like to... Just for you know, I'm gonna have daily resolutions. I resolve today to use the word "look" more. Um, I think it's a it's a great word in sports talk radio that people use to kind of clear the deck or to reset themselves. Look, look, here's the deal. Like it's a very I don't know if it's condescending, but I hear it a lot, and I'd like to start implementing that today. So at various times throughout the show today, I'm going to say "look" and then make what I feel is a better point than the previous point that was made. Is it going to be look comma or look exclamation point? Like look bang or look look, comma? I think it's more look comma because it's almost a frustrated tone. It's like this. It's like, look, the Cubs bullpen is going to be fine. All right. Everybody's worried about the bullpen. There there are Uh 30 teams in Major League Baseball who have concerns about the bullpen. Look, look, Craig Kimbrell had a bad year last year. Talk about Saturday second. Yes. He's going to be, he's look, look, here's the thing. We all know that. That Gar Foreman is going to be gone next year. Jim Boylan is going to be gone next year. So I don't know why we're worried about it. So it's, yeah, it's it's not an exclamation point. It is more of a condescending mm-hmm. comma, would you say? Yeah. Sure. Look. Con- condescending comma. They're going to be at Pitchfork, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're one of the early acts. I think, I think they're, they're 1130 acts. Look, Lollapalooza doesn't have a headliner yet. My hope <laughs> is that it is Pearl Jam. I don't know if it's going to be, but but look, a lot of people are worried about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, your buddy Ed. Well, you think Ed would give you a heads up on that, wouldn't he? I think maybe he. How do you know he already hasn't? I don't know that. I don't so maybe know that that's either. why you just threw that out there. Did apropos I say that? of nothing. You said that. Yeah. I didn't say that. He's Mark Grody, and he's here because Speegs is in Arizona. Speegs must have won some kind of contest. He'll be doing play by play of the Cubs tomorrow with Coomer. It, it is very contest win, isn't it? It is. It's almost like score search. He's treated it that way, too. Like, every time he gets on the mic, he's like, what advice do you have for me well, by play-by-play day? And that's where this is going, because you, in a previous life, yeah, you part of your duties as the Cubs uh, pregame, postgame, in-game, Pat Hughes takes an inning off game, you did play-by-play. Play. I did. I probably did about, in my three years there, I probably did about five games worth of play-by-play. Play. I actually did a couple of full nine-inning games once they started to trust me a little bit more. I remember doing a game with Pat Hughes, and obviously Pat was doing the play-by-play, but I get, got to do a couple innings. Pat always very happy to relinquish a couple innings when he gets the chance, and it was a road game in Atlanta. And I remember 
Doing, I, I was fine. I, I wouldn't put myself down as great. I think I, got, I, got, I was fi- look, look, fine. Look, 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 fine. Look, it's there not was a easy to do. there. Yeah, there, I was fine. <laughs> I got better every time I did it. I had some really great moments, I thought, doing play-by-play. I had some bad moments. I had some average moments. So I was all over the board with it. But I remember the one thing Pat telling me. He was like, because you have, you're doing the play-by-play and you want to sound smart, so you have all your information. You're over-prepared. You've got nine nuggets on everybody. And Pat basically told me, because I was when I was doing my play-by-play, I was using all the nuggets. You know what I mean? I wasn't just doing the call. I was trying to sound smart. And Pat said, you know, during the break, at some point in time, he's like, you know, you, you may not want to use up all of your tidbits in the first three innings of the game. <laughs> yeah. um, it was something like, like it was kind of like, Mark, pace yourself a little bit. Relax. Take a deep breath. Just call the game that's in front of you. You don't have to give the biography on every single player. When it's relevant, do it. When the nugget is relevant, don't try to force it. So that was the advice I got from the the great Pat Hughes. I think that there is a – when you do play-by-play for baseball, there's a presence of mind involved um, because unlike other sports, the action is constant. Um, You don't know when the action is going to occur in baseball. So there's a presence of mind that you have to have that's different than other sports. Um, And, you know, obviously it allows for for more talking as well. But you want to rise to the occasion. No, you cannot have. I I learned that too. uh, You can't can't script anything. You can't go into it like having a home run call. Um, I actually get it if – if it's something like the the World Series um, or a Super Bowl, I actually get it. Like why a play by play guy would think about what he might want to say. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just to make sure there's some facts because we replay that stuff so much and it gets replayed in highlights. You definitely don't want to screw it up. But the yeah. ho- the home run call you're talking? I'm talking about the home run call, or I'm talking about well, ESPN big, big, made fun of that. Kenny Maine. There was an ESPN commercial years ago where Kenny Maine was practicing his home run call. And making fun of it. And the key line in that commercial where he was watching videotape in one of the studios. Yeah. And a guy would hit a home run. And the key line in that was, Yahtzee! (laughs) Oh, yeah! Remember that? I do remember that. So you're right. Guys do practice their ad libs. There are multi-million dollar broadcasters still to this day. Writing down their ad libs. Yeah, and you don't, you don't. It, it's so much more interesting when you don't do it because honestly, like you go into it, and you're worried. Like maybe Spiegel's worried about it. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? I gotta, what would you tell him? Trust what would me, you I would. Him? I would say that the adrenaline carries the moment, and believe it or not, Matt, you're a professional talker. It'll come to you. Like Matt knows baseball inside out. He knows what he's doing. Uh, when the when the adrenalized moment comes, it it generally w- comes out of your mouth the right way. You know what I found in listening to having given given it more thought? I grew up in L.A. listening to Vince Scully, and yeah. that's just the way it was, not realizing how great he was. And then you hear other broadcasters, and everybody thinks their own broadcaster because it's their first is the best. Sure. And Vinny had the ability, It's it's and other broadcasters have noticed this, noticed, noted this as well as noticed it. Vinny had the ability, no matter what story he started, the inning extended until he was done with it. <laughs> it like might have clockwork. It might have been Koufax striking out the first two guys on six pitches, but somehow Vinny got a story in. Sandy threw enough pitches. That's just the way it worked. All but right. but it was the the thing about Vin Scully and the thing about Pat Hughes, and I think this goes for every broadcaster that you enjoy listening to, 
And every broadcaster might tell you, every great broadcaster would tell you, they embrace the game. They yeah. do love the game. I know Spiegel loves baseball, and you can tell when an announcer really embraces the, the, the situation in the game. Pat Hughes, you listen to him. Len Casper, you listen to him. They, they like what's being presented in front of them. They're not trying to fill a bingo card. Yeah. They are just simply, there's the moment. Baseball does see, need to breathe, as which is another way of saying what Pat Hughes was letting it Let the it game breathe. Will, yeah. It'll, exactly. No, and he's right. And it does. Like, you don't have to be anxious when you're doing baseball because the moments will arise. And when they do, believe it or not, you'll know what to say. And to that end, what you're saying about Pat and Len, they're kind of baseball people first almost and then broadcasters second and both excellent broadcasters, but they would both tell you that they're just baseball people. And to do 162 games plus, like in Len's case, well, they both do 162 games plus because of spring training games. Like you have to be a baseball guy. Like You have to love it because it is the toughest sport to cover and it is one of the biggest grinds that exists, um, you know, and, and these none of these play-by-play guys want you to feel sorry for them, but it's a grind for them. It's a lot of work, and they take themselves very seriously. One of the things that I I, I will always go back to in, in, in Chicago broadcast, I go back to Hawk and Wimpy. Those are two guys who were sitting at the end of the bar talking about hitting as a game was going on. And they loved that game. They especially loved hitting because they kept trying to figure it out and almost never did. And here are guys who were trying to figure out hitting in the, at the major league level, and it's on TV, and they had microphones in front of them, and they were live, and that's what they were doing. And it was that kind of you – no. Know, there's so many different ways to love baseball, and there's so many different ways to present the broadcast, and that always struck me as two guys who – really loved what they were doing, having a conversation, and we were being let in on it at the end of the bar. Yeah, it's so funny. I, when I was in Indianapolis this past week, one of my hobbies is because one of my, my first radio job was working in high school sports, doing play-by-play, doing pregame shows in Peoria, and then in, in high school? No, 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 no. For high school. I'm sorry, yeah, for high school. As a professional. I, as a professional. My first professional radio jobs <laughs> were covering high school sports. So I understand logistically what goes into it, the hiring process, the gyms, the microphones, things like that. So I love to listen to like high school broadcasts because they're they're funny and they they take them very seriously and they're all like local sponsors and they're horribly produced usually. Um, and I'm, but I was listening to these guys in Indianapolis on it was like a country station it was a lonely high school basketball game in the middle of nowhere, and the the, the announcers were terrible. Like in terms of like telling me what was going on. They're, they're, this sounds like you're describing a Christopher Guest mockumentary. <laughs> it like was. it should be a mighty wind. Like they're like the best they're, in show. They this were is both, where we're, this is where we're headed. Yeah, they were both overmodulated. You could you could hear them breathing. Did, it, did either of them say "Boom goes the dynamite"? I mean, we were getting there, but they were more. <laughs> but they were having fun. They were, they sounded like older guys. They were having a blast, 
And, you know, they're like, oh, number 48 just scored another basket right there. Well, look, we, you know what? I don't have that guy on my roster right here. <laughs> but, and, 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 like, a lot of that. But they're well, that, having. That there shouldn't count. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, we put I it up. I didn't write him down. He just made another three right there. Yeah, if I had him on my roster, I'd tell you, you know what? Let's just call him Billy Smith. Like, they're actually making <laughs> up names. And I was like. Billy Joe Smith. And I was like, like, as bad as this is. These guys are having fun, and I kind of have an idea. I do know what's going on because they are saying the score every once in a while. I don't know exactly where they're shooting from, but you know, some of that has been lost in our world of of broadcasting, where it's like, and I just brought that up in relation to Hawk that that he was he's one of those last guys that truly did it his way, had fun doing it, and did feel like just a dude that you were listening to at the end of the bar. And and there, it's not like there's not guys like that anymore, but you know what I mean. It's, it's definitely more generic now than it's ever been. Like, it's really good, but it's not, like, as fun as it once was. And even though that was bad, it was fun. Yeah, I think and Harry Carey and it would be another example of a guy who would actually want to do it and probably did do it at the end of a bar legitimately. Yes. Okay. So, um, and anyways, if people are getting into the hang of the show, Peoria Matt, for instance, text in. You can text us at 67011. Uh, look, Mark Rohde knows high school basketball broadcasting. <laughs> That's a text. So they're, look, they're working on the... Look, young broadcasters, you don't have to go to broadcast school. Look, go downstate. You know, get yourself in the in the in the front door of a radio station and do high school sports. There we go. Like, if you missed the beginning of the show, I'm going to use the word "look" a lot today. All right, look, I've got um, something I need to get off my chest. You were in Indianapolis at the combine. Go get him. Um, Lion Ryan was there. So the last guy known as Lion Ryan in this state went to jail. This Lion Ryan is taking the Bears to hell. I will explain why, and I will just rant about it, and then we'll discuss it. Great. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage, the originators and the founders of the Wake and Bake Club are with you today. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Ron, is there anything else that you think they need or could use? More Mark Grody. Oh, hi, Mark. Explain, Lucy. Coom. We need more Mark Grody. That was just a random Ron Coomer appearance on the radio a couple of years ago, and he said to whomever he was speaking that you need more, more Mark Grody, which, look, I, I agree. unknown Lawrence Holmes. What's that? I said it was score unknown Lawrence Holmes. Oh, it was, Holmes. yeah. Score unknown. <laughs> Gotta listen, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we have more Mark Grody. Look. Look, I'm back here. Here's look. Here's the deal. Here's there's the a deal. Lou, there's a Penelonis to it. There is. And, 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 and look, look. Look, you, you got Derosa. Look, <laughs> and, and that's all you need. To know. No, but for real, like Steve and I are going to be doing a lot more Saturdays together. It's going to be for because eventually Matt Spiegel will be hosting Hit and Run, so he doesn't necessarily want to work every minute of the weekend. So Spiegel still be doing the baseball show with Bruce, but I'm going to slide in here a whole lot more with uh, Sir Rosenblum, at least during the football offseason. What founding Founding father of uh, the Wake and Bake Club and Saturday Suckage, like it ought to be. And speaking of Saturday Suckage, you were at the Combine this week with all of the football world. And, okay, here's where we are. The Bears, and we're going to start with the, co- the, the, the interim general manager, Lion Ryan Pace, 
and the coach. The Bears are treating Mitch like he's a young quarterback. Well, his rookie class just won the Super Bowl after be, a year after being an MVP. Mitch Trubisky ranks among quarterbacks after three years. He's 32nd in yards per attempt, 32nd in yards per completion, 30th in TD percentage. He's your starting quarterback. That's after three years. In January, after that third season, Ryan Pace said the Bears believe the progress that Mitch is going to continue to make is the reason they believe in him. And there he is ranking at the bottom of all of these categories. So we're at the point now where I rarely want somebody stupid to do this, but Ryan Pace just needs to shut up about a lot of things. He needs to shut up first about Drew Brees, right? Never mention Drew Brees' name again. Never let your drool crawl down your chin again. Because every mention of Drew Brees only exposes Pace as a one pony and not the one trick the Bears need. Pace has never been with a team that drafted and developed a great quarterback. Brees was a Chargers draft pick. Pace only knows that Brees was great which every fantasy league GM knows as well. But Pace knows nothing, nothing more about where Trubisky needs to go because he comes off as stupid. Or Pace chooses to lie to Bears fans. Pace gives away Trubisky's failure when he says they need to get better parts around him. Great quarterbacks should make everyone around them better. We heard the same thing about Jay Cutler. Get better pieces around him. Devin Aroma should do. Remember when he wanted a tall guy? And line. We need better line. We need everything. You need everything, then you don't have a quarterback you want to build around. Here's your Marcus Webb. And then Pace says, Mitch, what he likes about Mitch, and we heard that coming in on tape, he's accurate and he can process the NFL. No. No to both. Wrong on both. Wrong. He's either lying or stupid because Mitch is not accurate. And he sure can't process defenses. Just ask the coach you hired, Ryan Pace. Ask Matt Nagy. Nagy said, in fact, Nagy already told the world that he did in January that Mitch needs to become a master of all coverages. That tells you how badly Trubisky processes the NFL. It tells you Trubisky hasn't learned how to learn at the NFL level. Pat Mahomes told us how wrong Pace is. By talking about how Matt Nagy talked to him and tutored him the year Pat Mahomes sat out. And apparently that doesn't work with Mitch Trubisky. Understandably, Nagy would coach Mahomes the same way. Nagy didn't know that Mitch Trubisky is a rep-based quarterback. Mitch Mitch Trubisky has said he's a rep-based quarterback. Rep-based quarterback doesn't get to play in the preseason games. That's the way the coach does it. And now the rep-based quarterback is not learning anything. So, Trubisky really is telling us how far behind everyone that he is and how futile the teaching of Nagy is. And Nagy still refuses to let Trubisky do anything that would help being playing games, being be, help 
speed up his process. And now Ryan Pace is going to make another quarterback decision. After making the wrong decision on Jay Cutler, he had to get out of Jay free card. You could have just cut him as soon as he got here. Didn't do that. After wrongly paying Mike Glennon 18 million bucks, after wrongly trading up for the only quarterback failure among the top three in that draft, and now they're either talking about a fifth-year option for Matt, Mitch Trubisky and or finding another quarterback to compete with the quarterback they already have, who may or may not be emotionally or mentally ready to handle competition because what we saw in college is he couldn't beat out a guy who's now playing in the XFL. So this is the mess that Ryan Pace created, and he's still making quarterback decisions when he should never be allowed to make another quarterback decision for the Bears. It's only going to get worse, so Pace will continue to lie to Bears fans or play them for stupid, and George McCaskey and Ted Phillips will just nod at how great his hair is. <laughs> it is. I needed to go off on that rant. Thank you for bearing with you me. You feel better, my friend. Here's the good no, news. No, I feel worse because okay. Ryan Pace is still making quarterback decisions. Here's the good news for you. There's a, Mitch Trubisky will be on thin ice this year. He was not last year. Even that little, whatever you want to call it, hiccup in Oakland where you had the, the phantom Chase Daniel warm-up and everybody thought he was like, <laughs> phantom Chase was, was he Is injured? next Star Wars? Yeah, was he injured? Was he benched? Who knows? Maybe that was the one little hiccup, the one little five-minute benching that occurred. He, Mitch Trubisky was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do last year in terms of the how good or bad he was. He will be on thin ice this year. I think he'll be the starter. I've been going with the theory of three games. You got three games to get it right. If you don't, next guy's coming in, and there will be somebody competent behind him. So he is what he has not been. His first, he's on thin ice this year. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage. We suck, so you don't have to. But Ryan Pace is stealing all of our acts. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this: It what Ryan Pace says? He he's a recidivist liar. You can't believe what he says. But all you have is what he says. Matt Nagy is much more truthful, especially if you read between the lines, and talking about Mitch Trubisky needs to become a master of all coverages, which contradicts what Pace said. Mitch Trubisky can't process NFL defenses. That's what Matt Nagy is telling you. And Ryan Pace is either too stupid to notice or just going to lie to you because Mitch needs so much smoke blown up his backside. So if he's going to be on thin how thi- what makes you think that's really going to be the case? Because Mitch Trubisky is so tied to Ryan Pace, the way Wani, your guy, was tied to Rick Meyer. As yeah. soon as Meyer failed, Wani was gone. Yeah. That was it. It was over. See ya. Bye-bye. Yep. Ryan Pace can't afford to admit that Mitch is a disaster. Well, he also here and here's why because he can't. You're right because it's his guy, the guy who he obsessed over, the guy who he moved up in the draft to get at number two overall. Mm-hmm. Usually, any GM is going to want that guy to be great, and uh, but because he is tied to him, because that is his legacy, he does have to get the quarterback position right. Like he can't go down with that ship. You know what I'm saying? Like Matt Nagy has no choice. Because if this is what Ryan Pace gives him, if that's the mandate from on top, then Nagy just got to go with it and he's got to make the best of the situation. However, I think that Ryan Pace, it is his legacy. He he knows he's got to eventually make that change. Here, here's why, too. Like I remember last year, something that I fell for, 
And GMs are allowed to lie. That's what GMs in football do. So it's not right. You can lie, but you're going to be called out on it. If you're going to shovel BS, then we're going to call you out on it. Last year when the Bears signed Mike Davis and we were all gathered around Ryan Pace, maybe it was even draft night just when we had a chance to talk to him about all all the moves. Ryan Pace said that this was before there was – no, it wasn't draft night because this was pre-David Montgomery – he said that Mike Davis, yes, we think Mike Davis can be our every down back. He's the load back. He's the guy. He's in there. He's not coming out on third down. He's going to be in there. He's 100% of the time, and then they draft, move up to draft David Montgomery. So it was kind of like that was my little uh-huh. aha moment of – I actually – like I didn't necessarily not believe him when he said that about Mike Davis because I didn't, I didn't know, um, but – Seeing what Mike Davis became this year, just nothing, basically, for the Bears. That was my, like, okay. Became released. He was released. Became released. We're not going to get true breakdown from from Ryan Pace. Yeah, he's going to lie. He's going to redirect people. He's not going to tell. He's going to hold his information close to himself and not give it out, even if he has to lie, even if it makes him look bad. And this is why I do think that there is hope for change if Mitchell Trubisky looks like he did last year. That doesn't do anything for you, does it? Not at all. Not at all. What does do something for me is that Matt Nagy seems to realize, you have to read between the lines, seems to realize how far behind Mitch Trubisky is. And he's giving you hints of that. And his job has changed. Matt Nagy needs to become a different teacher. Pat Mahomes, when, when it was Kansas City... Bears in that game, Pat Mahomes had spent time talking about how much he learned and the way he learned from Matt Nagy mm-hmm. as as that guy, as that quarterback tutor that year. And understandably, Nagy would take the same approach with the quarterback who was drafted even higher that year. Only Mr. Trubisky doesn't seem to learn that way. And so Matt Nagy needs to change his approach. In a lot of different ways. And you brought up Mike Davis, David Montgomery. So let me ask you this, and maybe you got a sense of it this week with the rejuvenated Matt Nagy. What do you think he learned from the Super Bowl? What did Matt Nagy yeah. learn? I, I I would... What do you hope he learned? I, I mean, I would broaden it just to even the postseason in general, seeing what Tennessee was able to do. That running games work. Um <laughs> <laughs> like do, you, if, do you think? But do you think he could ever commit to that? It seems that's a great. Question. It seems to run counter to his DNA. Here he doesn't go. have the. Here we go. Third person. Uh, Mark Grody asked <laughs> that question of Matt Nagy at the combine. Uh, Mark Grody asked him. I my I believe Mark Grody's question was: Would you be willing to change um, your playbook, basically? Um, from what you had when you came walking into Hallis Hall the first day and you had the big big playbook and the big mm-hmm. plans and the fancy offense and the trick plays and the downfield passing and the West Coast, are you willing to change that? And he said yes. He said that he he has to be willing to do it. And he did let let's remember he did do it last year because he had to. Remember, he did they did start to attempt to run the ball after they had a historically low amount of carries and rushing yards. When it got horribly bad, he finally flipped into another mode where he was adding an extra offensive lineman, where you added a fullback slash tight end. Um, so they started to do it. He said 
in Indianapolis that yes, he would? It's a great question, though, because you know what? We've been asking him this question since even in the 12-win season in his first year, even after those games, even after we got through the, oh, another pick six, you know, another Eddie Jackson miraculous, you know, great defensive effort. Okay, now we got to circle back to what's up with the running game. And it was asked about (laughs) when they were winning and when they were losing last year because the running game was bad. I don't know. It does go against his DNA. I don't know if Matt Nagy has it in him to do it. It it sounded like he was more resigned to it. Well, not resigned to it. He sounded more positive about doing it than I've ever heard. But there was no hesitation when I asked him the question. Mark Grody asked him the question. There was zero hesitation in his voice. It was, yes, you know, it was, you know, paraphrasing. I can't just ram this stuff down their throats. I've got to be able to play to their talents, their skills, and their ability. Will he actually do it? There's no evidence to suggest he will because he hasn't, and he's said similar things in the past. When you talk about playing to their strengths, why would you force Mitch Trubisky to be a pocket quarterback? That's what he did. That's not his strength. If Mitch Trubisky was accurate at all, it was on the run. And if Mitch Trubisky could process the NFL, it was on the run because he would have half the field cut down. He's a good enough athlete to find something open on half the field. Why why wouldn't Matt Nagy have done that? Why wouldn't he put his quarterback in a position to succeed from game one I think that Matt that Mitch Trubisky I've used this phrase before he he was run shamed like I think it was kind of like your running was great in 2018 remember I mean there was a lot of times where he kept drives going that, that he was terrific at it you're absolutely right but I think that one of the things was is that they wanted Mitchell Trubisky to use his playmakers more and I think that got in his head a little bit like I don't think Mitch knew at that point when he could run or when he needed to throw the ball away or force the ball down the field because that's the offense. That's the Matt Nagy offense, right? It's not about the quarterback running. So that did go against Matt Nagy's offensive philosophies. And I think that got in Mitchell Trubisky's head, and I don't think it was good. I think that that you have to play to, the, to a quarterback's strengths. Like, like Trubisky is like not just good, like a really good running quarterback. Yes. And some and, – and like – Quarterbacks are always run shamed. Like if you if you are like even Lamar Jackson to this day, people are like, can he sustain this? Can he can he continue to do it? Well, do it until you can't. Be great, even if it's six years worth. You take that. So yeah, no, I I absolutely agree that that Trubisky needs to run more and that Matt Nagy needs to let let him do that more and tell him, you know what? Yeah, go get those twelve yards. You don't have to force the ball down the field, Allen Robinson, if you don't want on this particular play. Allen Robinson might be more open if you ran the ball, especially against Green Bay. When you saw what happened to Green Bay's defense, the next four games after the Bears, after Matt Nagy refused to run the ball, Green Bay's defense gave up over a hundred yards a game rushing, and you didn't want to run the ball. You just because it's not what you do. It's not part of the neato, pretty, shiny things that is in your playbook. Right, and that's why it may have it um, may have taken him, Matt Nagy, two seasons to learn that. And to his credit, Can't. Matt Nagy always does say Can't. that he, you don't think he'll ever do it. No, 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 I do, but you can't take two years to not in the NFL. to do the simple thing about putting your players in a position to succeed. Right. Well, he just didn't want to give it up. I mean, remember, he came in with the fancy everything. Pretty shiny playbook. I bought in, you bought in, we right. all liked it, right? And I think it, unfortunately, it probably has taken him two years to chuck the book. Chuck. All right, just when you th- thought 
after what we talked about, after I listed the after Steve Rosenblum listed off. Hey, you can't do that. Litany of quarterback failures. Just when you thought Ryan Pace couldn't get any dumber, it appears he might. Take a break. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Rosenblum Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage like it ought to be. We suck so you don't have to. We're founders of the Wake and Bake Club. And we do have uh, Wake and Bake Club news coming up later in the show. We'll be here till 2 o'clock. Top of the hour, David Schuster will be here. Uh, we will talk to him about bad basketball and bad movies. Great. We will talk to J.J. Stankovitz, NBC Sports Chicago, covers the Bears. You guys can reminisce about old times at Indy and the... So here's just when he thought Ryan Pace, dumbass quarterback moves, couldn't get any worse. Report from The Athletic that the Bears in Cincinnati are talking about Andy Dalton. That Andy Dalton might give Mitch Trubisky that kind of competition. And then Lindsey Jones of The Athletic reported one GM thought Dalton could land a second or third round pick. Now, this seems incredibly stupid, but remember, the Bears have two second-round picks. They do. And Ryan Pace is willing to do stupid things in the draft. Andy Dalton, this seems remarkable in light of what we saw, the way we saw Mitch Trubisky in his death spiral, the way it was horrible this year. Andy Dalton is one of the only, is one of only five quarterbacks with a worse rating than Mitch Trubisky from last year. Dalton had a worse completion percentage than Mitch Trubisky, had a worse interception percentage, and was one of only two quarterbacks with a worse TD percentage. Andy Dalton. Apparently, the report is the Bears and Bengals are talking. Mark Grody, you in the first person or third person, what do you think? I think it's boring. I think uh, that, you think it's the, boring. Yeah, like honestly, like the all the this this list that we all have of the potential quarterbacks. Uh huh. There's really nobody for whom I don't use the word boring. Like nobody. Tom Brady. Really, wow. I don't look at that as realistic. Do you? Oh yeah, Tom Brady and the Bears. Because you just asked George McCaskey, and and they're a legendary. They're a founding franchise. They're a horror. Uh, I'm sorry, not horse. They're a heritage franchise. Yeah. Why wouldn't why wouldn't Tom want to leave a six Super Bowl franchise and come to a one Super Bowl franchise? <laughs> so anyway. The, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at <laughs> Andy Dalton's boring numbers from last year. And yeah, sixteen touchdowns to fourteen interceptions. Started thirteen games. The year before eleven starts and you know, a couple of Decent seasons in 2016 and 17. Um, he is 32 years old right now. Look, Andy, I just did it. Look, 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 look. Andy look. Dalton look. Um, would be Andy Dalton would be a good backup quarterback. Not a guy though. No, that, he wouldn't. Not a guy though. He's awful. He's worse than Trubisky in so many ways. Not, not a guy though that. Right. If Trubisky, if he's on my three game plan, Trubisky is where if you don't get it right in three, <laughs> three games, game plan. I got a three game plan for him. Mitch, you got three games to get this right. 
And then if you don't, somebody else is coming in. Somebody um, worse? <laughs> so, Andy F. Dalton. It is. Is Andy Dalton worse? Oh, I just read you the numbers. I know. I All know. All the statistics are worse. All right, look, I, look. And only the Bears look. would consider a guy worse than Trubisky. Look, look. I I agree. Don't let not, Ryan I, Pace choose another, make another quarterback decision. Let, let's not manufacture an argument here, Steve. I'm not. You I'm just I, telling Steve, you. Steve. Mark. You and I Mark. agree. No Andy Dalton. No no thanks on Andy Dalton. Okay. Stan in Bolingbrook, welcome to the score. Hey, fellas. How you good? Good morning to you guys. Good morning. How are you? Um, I want to ask a question. Now, I'm listening to – I listen to a lot of people who say they ought to change offense toward Mitch. But is – and you guys say Mitch is a good running quarterback, but he can't read defenses. Is he running because he can't read defenses? And as a coach, you can't have – you can't change offense toward that. Well, I don't. Fair question. I, I, it's a fair question. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's appreciate the call. I don't, Stan, I don't know what he's being taught. What he's not. But like Mark said, he was much more effective last year. He would extend drives with his legs. What he saw, what he didn't, and they were much better about rolling him out, giving him half a field. He was he was always more accurate when he had less to worry about because he can't read defenses in the NFL full fields. And he was already on the run to use that athleticism and the way he extended drives. And you were talking about extending drives on offense, and you made the big point about the defense scoring, and that was missing. And you were doing that early on, too. But the defense Mm -hmm. just was not contributing, which deodorized a lot of what was bad about Mitch Trubisky. And that defense didn't deodorize it last season the way it did the season before. If you can't read defenses, then Matt Nagy needed to, and, and Matt Nagy knew that because he told us that he needs to get better, a lot better at reading defenses. What Matt Nagy needed to do last year was get in his ear and say, "Run the ball, go ahead." Like this is not this is not what I want, you know, Matt Nagy. This is not my offense. But since you're struggling to read these defenses, we need to get production out of our offense in order to complement our defense. So for now, abandon some of the stuff that I go ahead and run. And I I feel like that didn't happen last year. Like maybe towards the end, there were some games where we saw flashes of 2018 Trubisky in terms of running. But for some reason, it was in his head not to do it. And and I don't know, maybe maybe it did have something to do with the the left shoulder injury, you know, for which he had surgery. So, you know, that that got in his head too. I don't know. But there were there were enough times where he wasn't hurt that he wasn't running either. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Look, we're here. It's Saturday Suckage. Beautiful. Right? That was great. The Wake and Bake Club. Yeah, we're original. We, we suck so you don't have to. Although Jim Boylan is just stealing that from us. We'll talk with David Schuster about Jim Boylan's week. And what do you believe? Is there any chance of stopping the stupid? I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 